Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter, I'm your host, Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger, and host for you today. Yeah, no, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for getting me on again, Louis. Um, it's us two again, uh, steering the ship while we uh, figure out what we're doing this season. But uh, yeah, you could. Uh, I'm Jake. Uh, you get me on Twitter at Jake Devil with two Eds. I write for EPL Index. Yeah, we always blag our way through it, don't we, Jake? You know, um, some some people mind have the opinion we don't go, do a good job others may say that we do so uh, we'll we'll keep at it and hope to strive and improve where possible <laughs> but like ever let's go back to the results and the fixtures from last weekend uh, so we can have a recap there Jake um, if I go back all the way to Friday night uh, which seems like a long time ago now um, as we record uh, but QPR got a 1-0 victory against Aston Villa uh, so they're on a decent run of form at the minute. And then they're taking us into Saturday's fixtures. Uh, Middlesbrough and Derby drew 1-1 in the early kickoff. Uh, Millwall winning 3-0 against Ipswich Town. Norwich got a 1-0 victory against Brentford. Um, Preston and Rotherham drew 1-1. Sheffield United 4-2 winners over Wigan. Swansea City winning 2-0 at home to Reading. West Brom and Blackburn won apiece. Uh, Birmingham coming from behind to win 3-1 against Sheffield Wednesday at home. Uh, Bolton losing at home 1-0 to Hull City. Bristol City losing at home 1-0 to Stoke. And then uh, the evening kickoff 5.30, Leeds v Nottingham Forest finished in a 1-1 draw. Um, any particular fixture there that stood out for you, Jake? Um, any surprises? Any big wins? What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's, as always in the championship, there's there's going to be big wins because of the the competitive nature of the division, and there's a few this week that I thought were were quite noteworthy. I'll start off with uh, the Friday night game actually, the QPR's win over Aston Villa. I thought that was a massive win for QPR, considering Villa have got a new manager, a uh, new management team in Dean Smith and John Terry. They've got a really good team available to them. Uh, I still think there's a couple of weak spots in that uh, first eleven, especially in defence, but. They seem to be improving that slowly under the new management, and and of course they only conceded one goal, uh, and it was huge for QPR to you know keep keep them down to um to not concede at all and and keep a clean sheet against them, and that sees QPR move up into to tenth position, only six points off of the uh, top of the table. So if you'd have said that like five six games into the season, you'd have thought we'd be crazy suggesting anything like QPR getting up that high under Steve McLaren. You know there was talk about him losing his job. Uh, saying that you know he's never going to really do well at this level again as a as a head coach, and and he seems to be proving everybody wrong. They're in great form. They've won four of their last five, and um, mm, they are, and you know they are storming up that table. And I I think they did a, a few good pieces of business here at the end of the transfer window, um, especially in attack. I think Toma Hemed was a very good signing, um, 
And if you look throughout their team, you know, they've got Eze, who's quite a good young player. Freeman, uh, who is a very, you know, one of the best creative players in the league, I think, on his day. Um, it was surprised, I was surprised that QPR managed to keep hold of him. So he's still there. I think Luongo's a good player. And at the he back, is, yeah. you've got um, some experience in um, Rangel and Bidwell. So, you know, you've got a lot of... A lot of good players on that team. And, you know, you've got Narky Wells coming off the bench. I think Steve McLaren's done really well there recently. And I'm the first person to criticise Steve McLaren. Uh, I did so when he was Newcastle manager. I did so when he was Derby manager. But he's he's doing really well at QPR. And it seems like quite a good fit, to be, to be honest. And, and I think it's too soon to talk about them as promotion candidates. But the fact they're competing in the top half of the division and so close to the top of the league, it really is credit to them. Yeah, it is a surprise, to be honest. Um I'm far too critical of McLaren also, you know, he's, he's not one of my favourite managers out there. However, um, I also tip QPR for relegation this season. And, you know, only six to eight weeks ago, they were staring at the bottom of the league. And then, like you say, to win four out of the last five games and be sat 10th, credit to them. They've done a fantastic job. One game that I'll pick out, um, Millwall against Ipswich, obviously, one of the fixtures that was battle at the bottom, let's say, um, and Millwall's going all three goals, Ipswich obviously continuing to concede quite a few goals also, but Lee Gregory with a brace there, that was you know, maybe not a six-pointer at this stage yet, however, that's a huge boost for Millwall, taking them to 18th position in the league and not just sitting above that relegation zone at the minute. Any other particular games that stood out for you, Jake? Yeah, I think it's worth commenting on the uh, Middlesbrough Derby game because they're two teams competing mm. at the top of the table. Um, and at the beginning of the season, I thought Derby under Frank Lampard again, a lot of praise for the way they were trying to play football, but they didn't seem the players didn't seem comfortable in it. They seemed to be playing a little bit too, um, you know, um, too too above themselves in the style. Perhaps you know they didn't have the players to really carry out that that really nice passing brand of football uh, making a lot of mistakes at the back but they've adapted that and the players have really come together recently yep. and, and there's definitely been an improvement there um, and it's good to see a young coach like Lampard you know making adjustments to his style to suit the players that he's got and, and they were much the better team against Middlesbrough they should have been out of sight in that game and, and then of course they, they lost the three points thanks to what was a very unfortunate but comical own goal from Bogle at, at the end there so I think it was a result of Middlesbrough's tactics. You know, they were just pumping balls into the box. The, the physical style, um, the physical style of play from Tony Pulis was it was sort of targeting the young Derby back four. Uh, Bogle's a teenager. You know, you got Tamori, who's not too experienced. So it, it is a young team Derby, and they did eventually relent to that that pressure from Middlesbrough. But I thought they played really well, and there was a lot of positive signs for Derby fans, uh, especially if you look at their last three fixtures. Yeah, um, you know they've had is it. Um, Sheffield is it um, West Brom, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough, or is it? I believe so. Yes, that's uh, no, right. Um, yes, it was. Yes, so you know, uh, before those three games, if you'd have said how many points are Derby going to get out of that, you'd you'd have you wouldn't have gone as high as seven. You probably wouldn't have even gone as high as four. I'd, I'd suggest. I agree. Being away from home, so the fact that they've come through, they come through those three games with seven points and established themselves, you know, firmly as, as promotion candidates in, in sixth position. I think I think they could really go from strength to strength over the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely. They find themselves unbeaten in five games now. And yes, they are creeping up the table slowly but surely, let's say, and, and to play those fixtures against some tough, tough opposition there, then that was a fantastic point, despite them probably 
at the end of the game being frustrated they didn't take all three. Uh, a, a couple more fixtures, what stood out for me. Credit again to, uh, keep mentioning him at the minute, but Tony Mowbray obviously getting a, uh, a draw at West Brom. Uh, Harrison Reed with a cracking goal in the second half there for... Uh, Blackburn and you know we talk about West Brom scoring goals for fun at the minute so I thought that was a fantastic point for Blackburn away from home Uh, I've got to mention the Sheffield United game obviously they find themselves now top at the league two points clear Uh, and Billy Sharp with a hat-trick and it's crazy to see that's his first league hat-trick I believe in 10 years Um, you know sometimes that guy scores goals for fun and a 10 year seems seems crazy to you know he's on the score sheet most weeks uh, but Sheffield United just continue and continue to impress even against the Wigan side who have started this season really well um, and then another special mention actually the last fixture I want to point out is is to Birmingham and yes it was against the side I support Sheffield Wednesday went 1-0 ahead through Fletcher in the first half uh, but then Birmingham came back to secure all three points deservedly so um, winning 3-1 on the day, but that takes them to 11 games unbeaten now, which, again, seems crazy in this league to do that um, in the Championship is, is quite something. So, again, credit to Birmingham, sat in ninth now, two points off the playoffs, and, um, you know, I'm just uh, singing the praises there for Gary Monk. Uh, any other particular games that stood out for you or a shock, surprise, anything like that, Jake? Yeah, I'll just go for a slightly different angle on this one. I'll just touch mm. on one more game, uh, maybe a couple of games over the last week, actually, but just focusing on one team before we move on to the topics, and that is Brentford. You know, at the start of the season, they were everyone's picks to, to get a top six place. Some people even, some people in the game were even talking about them as, as being the best team in the championship. Some managers of rival teams, I can't, can't remember who they were now, but I did definitely read those sort of quotes coming yeah. out of managers. So the fact they're now down in 16th position, they went away to Preston and, and conceded four goals. Um, then they lost to inform Norwich, which is nothing you know to be ashamed about, but they're now down in 16th position, seven points off the playoffs, haven't won in a while, only won four out of 15 this season. Is there a reason to be concerned for Brentford, do you think? Um, let's say, personally, I think at this stage, maybe not. However, in four weeks' time, if their form continues to slump, as it has done, like you've mentioned there, they've not long won in a long while now, and they've lost three on the bounce, then maybe so. Uh, we all know that Brentford have got the players to perform as a team and creep up the table, you know, that they've been pushing playoffs for the last few years, at least, you know, and, and that's, you know, a lot of that has been down to, to Dean Smith and, and, and since he's moved on, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I'm not concerned for them yet. I think that they're just having one of those dips in form, a really bad month that a lot of teams go through. And sometimes you have to go through that to obviously improve and sometimes go back to basis basics. So, Personally, for me, um, not just yet, but if the form is continuing slump four, five, six weeks' time, then, you know, that is there's certainly going to be another question mark there. Um, But let's move on to the topics, uh, Jake, if you're ready for that. So big news coming out this week, or the main news in the Championship, was the appointment of Paul Lambert at Ipswich Town. Uh, What's your initial reaction to that, Jake? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think Paul Lambert is one of those managers that seems to get job after job after job. And, you know, it takes some thinking back to when he's done well in a job. You know, last year he was at Stoke and probably wasn't Mm. the best fit for that job, trying to make them, you know, 
tough to beat and it didn't really work out for him there. Don't think he's a Premier League manager at all, so I wasn't surprised that he failed there. But, you know, he's had Wol- he was at Wolves a little time ago. Um, that didn't really work out for him. He's you know he's been he's been about hasn't he wasn't he at Blackburn for a little yeah, bit yeah he has well? been about yeah obviously like you mentioned quite a few clubs there and some established clubs as well he's you know he's been at some very big clubs like you mentioned your Villa and Wolves Blackburn etc um, and 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 now taking over at Ipswich yeah it's it is a surprising one um, because I don't think he's really had much glory since obviously his days at Norwich which was I believe in League One so we're going back quite a while I don't know whether. Well, he, you know, he got them to the Premier League, didn't he? He did get out of the Championship with them. And with Villa, you can argue he, he did an OK job at Villa looking where they are now. You know, he had them in the Premier League every year, so... Yeah. Um, you, you know what? I mean, we can always go back to the Mick McCarthy argument. Um, you know, can you imagine the style of play improving under, obviously, Lambert rather than even McCarthy and Hurst? You know, I, I'm not so sure. No, I, um, I think I think Lambert does, does try to play some... Or he did play some good football with his Norwich teams at, at times, especially in the Championship. I think, I, I think it could be a good appointment. It could be one that, you know, that where Ipswich are right now, he can't really do any worse than they've been doing, can he? And he's, he's true. Got some experience. He's sort of a similar type of manager to McCarthy. Uh, it, it could, it could work out. I don't think he's, he's got nothing to lose by taking this job. But I, I think for Ipswich is. After sort of taking a punt on Hurst, who'd who done really well with Shrewsbury, are they just wanting to go for somebody a bit more experienced and somebody that they think is a safe pair of hands just to get them, you know, through this season? They're, they're five points off safety, and you know, uh, in the championship, that's that's nothing. You know, still got another. You've got so many games to go, and that, that's not really a lot at all. But I, I, it's a difficult one. I think he, if he fails here, he's probably going to struggle to get another job in the championship. I think he's. <laughs> It's difficult. I don't. I don't think it's the most exciting appointment. I think Hurst was an exciting appointment, but that obviously hasn't worked out. I think maybe he deserved a bit more time because, like, like I, I just said, yeah. I think in the championship, it's not a, fifteen games isn't a lot out of your season at all, and I think he he deserved a bit more than that. Just, I think Lambert could work out. It wouldn't surprise me if he he got a few wins and you know got him above the the Rotherhams and Boltons of, of the league. It wouldn't surprise me. I think there's talent in that Switch squad. Uh, a lot of them are still adjusting to the championship because they came in from lower divisions. So I think there's there's definitely talent, and I think he's he could get them to set up difficult, uh, set them up well, and make them difficult to beat. But yeah, it's, it's goal scoring that's been the issue for them, hasn't it? So I don't know if he's... it has. Yeah, I'm going to give a bit of a different opinion. I'm I'm not so sure. I think that he will grind out results, but in terms of results, I think I'm looking more so at draws, and that's because like you've just touched on there, they've only won one game in the league all season. And the problem that they find is that they're just simply not scoring enough goals. And, you know, maybe that'll change to an extent, but I just can't see them winning enough games to get quickly out of the relegation battle. You know, I'm not saying that they will go down. You know, if they finish 21st now this season, then they could class that as a success based on where they are at the minute. However, I don't know if he's got quite enough about him, Lambert, to get enough wins under this struggling team at the minute. And and like you say, I know there's only five points, you know, and they'll be out of the relegation zone. Um, But ultimately, yes, I I just felt so sorry for Paul Hurst. I think he did deserve more time. It kind of, I'm not going to say he came in to do, it, it may have been an impossible job. It wasn't because obviously McCarthy proved it wasn't, but you know, we can always refer back to be careful what you wish 
for with McCarthy. That was like obviously <laughs> the debate of last season, and 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 now they do find themselves at the foot of the table. It is a strange one. The other thing as well is there's there's a reported ten million pound fee that he's going to receive in January to try and get Ipswich out of the relegation zone. But again, the the problem with ten million pound for me is. That in the championship, the, even the championship these days, that's not a lot of money. Do you think that's going to make much of an effect? Ten million pound in January to push them above and beyond twenty second, let's say. Um, I think ten million pounds is a lot for Ipswich. Mm, yeah, and, and I think you could, if, you know, if you spend that on two players, that can make all the difference. You don't have to go in in January. There's no point going out and spend bringing in four, five, six players. If you get a good loan player from the Premier League, if you spend that on a couple of good championship proven players I think that could definitely turn it around I'm just looking at their upcoming fixtures and I think it's the next two games that are going to be massive for, for Paul Lambert and, and if he's going to make any sort of impact he's sort of got to start quickly and he's you know got a home game against Preston and Preston, yeah. although Preston have shown a few signs of, of recovery recently that's definitely a winnable game for Itwich and, and it's one they should be targeting then away at Reading and, and Reading have still got their sort of weird thing going on with Paul Clement is he going to go is he not you know Steve Bruce being linked that could be mm. one that could you know could end Clement's reign as manager and, and if that's going to happen it's it's definitely a good time for Ipswich to play them and, and maybe get Clement sacked if if Clement is still in the post then I think that's definitely a game Ipswich needs to target because Reading have been awful this season so you know that's these are two winnable games for them and if he starts the two wins like you know shoot they'd shoot up they'd shoot out the relegation zone probably uh and they've got a platform then to build build going into two home games against West Brom and Bristol City, which which will be tough. But if you know, if you're coming into those two games with two wins, no reason why you can't keep momentum going with a couple of draws or, or a draw and a win there. And it's completely changed. Obviously this is it's difficult to see them doing all this now, you know, where they've only had one win. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a new manager could spark something and I think he's got a nice start of those two games. I think he's it's a definitely a good start. If they lose them, then you know you've got to ask questions going to the next four or five because they do look difficult after that. But but these two games, if they start, if if he starts well, I, I could, it could you know could turn out to be an amazing change. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell with this one, and it's interesting because it is as tight at the bottom as it is at the top, and you know uh, it makes for all better championship. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just moving on, though, obviously, we've, we've kind of touched on this fixture already because we've, we've mentioned Brentford, and that's the team who Norwich uh, had a 1-0 win over in the previous round of games. Um, but they find themselves on a really good run of form now, Norwich. Uh, three games on the bounce. 
are they becoming one of the dark horses for promotion, Jake? Uh, it's, it's an interesting question. I just want to know your thoughts on that. Um, definitely. I definitely think they're contenders. Um, it's weird to talk about them as a dark horse because over the last couple of years they've been one of the favourites, haven't they? So should it really be a surprise mm. that they're now up there and doing something? I'm not so sure. I think they've got a lot of good players in that team. Um, a lot of a lot of unknown players that have come in and done really well, which shows that they've got a good scouting network under Daniel Fark. And, and I do think he was, he was under pressure for a, li- a little bit at the start of the season, so it's good to see that he's turned it around after being given that time. I think Jordan Rhodes, uh, who you'll know a lot about Louis, I think he's a, yeah. a good strike to have in this division. Uh, maybe not as prolific as he once was, but he's he's, he's doing well for them. Yeah. Um, Leitner in the middle, I think, is a really good player. Uh, he's doing really well there, who they brought in from Dortmund. Uh, Tim Closer at the back is probably one of the best defenders in the league, and he contributes a lot in attack as well. Uh, and I like that that the, the Hernandez they've got. I think he's a really good player um, from mm-hmm. what I've seen of him. So I just think they've got they've they've recruited very well and they've managed to sell off their big assets but replace them efficiently um, at a lower cost, which is always good in the championship. And they they're an example to teams that come down and don't go straight back up how to rebuild um, in a slightly different way and and you know make the relevant cutbacks and and uh, and still compete. Um, and I think this Fark was uh, compared to Wagner when he first came in. Uh, probably a very different type of manager, and probably didn't have the the impact that Wagner did straight away. But you can now see that he is quite a he's a very astute coach in the way they play. Um, he's very good at grinding out results. Uh, yeah, and I think yeah, there's no reason why they can't be um, promotion contenders. But I think there's you know twelve to thirteen, fourteen clubs that that think the same. Uh, and and where Norwich are on this run now, it's going to be somebody else soon. Um, if you look at the the one concern I would have is that. You know, we've now had 15 games of the season, and their top scorer has five goals. Not sure that's that's the worst thing, but I think they need some one player to sort of step up and and take a, a bigger share of that that goal scoring, you know, on because they're only averaging, you know, less than less than 1.5 goals a game. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna challenge at the very very top of this division. You need to you need to be scoring more goals. I think Pucky is a is a good play. He could maybe be that um, striker for them. I think Rhodes has got the potential if he if he gets back to his best. Um, and you know there's there's no reason why they can't share the goals around. Um, but you need if if you're going to share the goals around and not have that one main play, you need th- two or three players really hitting that ten to fifteen mark. And and I'm not sure Norwich have that. Their third highest goal scorer is, is Tim Closer. So you know I think they need. They need one, either Pucky or Rhodes to really step up and take that goal-scoring mantle if they are to to keep going. But they keep things tight at the back, and you know defenses win championships. Cardiff did it last year and got up with without a, without a, a quality you know goal scorer. Maybe yeah. Norwich could do a similar type of thing. Yeah, you're right. I think you mentioned obviously the striker there. Uh, Pucky's got five in twelve. Uh, I believe Rhodes is on four. Uh, he has missed a couple of penalties though this season uh, for Norwich, but yes, everyone is crying out for that Dwight Gale, aren't they, in the Championship? But that comes with a huge price tag usually. Uh, but you mentioned obviously there's a togetherness and they do grind out wins. And and last season, um, Farker did come under a bit of criticism at some point, uh, and I did tip them to finish about halfway this season. But obviously. A lot of the goals and assists and, and some spectacular goals actually last season came from Madison. And, you know, he's becoming 
a very good player in the Premier League now with with Leicester. Uh, but yeah, it is a team without, like you've mentioned already, Jake, but no individual stars. They do seem to like, I say, grind out these wins, work as a team. They've got a togetherness and that's all down to Parker, I believe. You know, he's, he is doing well. And I know you said, are they dark horses? Because, you know, they have been up there in the past. Well, maybe not dark horses in regards to their past but they have certainly gone under the radar this season and and I can only look back about four weeks ago when we were saying that Sheffield United were the team going under the radar and this seems to be a a club every season that is in inverted commas the dark horse or does go under the radar and and at the minute based on form you could say obviously Norwich City are are that team with maybe Derby County or even Birmingham you know Um, so yes um, they have got potential to definitely finish in the top six and uh, obviously sat in fourth at the minute. They're quite worthy to be there. Um, not sure if they've quite got enough to top two, but again, only time will tell with that with that one. And I think Farker's doing a fantastic job. Uh, one of the other fixtures what we've, we've mentioned uh, from last um, weekend is the late kickoff, which was Leeds United against Nottingham Forest, Jake. Um Big controversy in that game, uh, which was, I believe, in the eight-second minute, was Leeds equaliser, and it was the Kemar Roof handball. What's your? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you've seen it. What's your reaction and, and thoughts on that initially? Yeah, it was a poor decision, wasn't it? And you got to yeah. feel feel sorry for Forest. You know, they Leeds were much the better team in the game. Had had more possession, had more shots was quite the dominating display from Leeds, but, you know, Forrest got that lead and defended heroically for, for much of the game. And even though they, they didn't, you know, have the shots that Leeds did, you, you did feel their performance warranted those three points at the end. And it, it was unfortunate to see Roof do that and, and the officials to miss it. Um, and it does obviously bring new questions about technology and yeah. referees at this level. And if they've got the quality, um, you know, get rid of these mistakes because if the Premier League is considering um, technology and they've got the best referees in the country surely the championship also warrants the same technology and and the same systems being implemented here you know you've got TVs uh, you've got the iFollow we spoke about that last week we've got Mm -hmm. a lot of games going on the sky so there's TV cameras there there's no reason why we can't get that technology implemented and get the funding for for that through the, the television deals no, you're right. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm going to lead on to VAR and if you thought it'd be eventually introduced into the championship, but it's got to be over here in, in the UK permanently permanently to, to start with. And, you know, they, they trialled that and tested it at the World Cup and some people would argue for and, and others against. And But in this in this scenario that we're talking about, the, the topic of the handball, which, which Ruth did, and yes, we can all say it was a 100% handball and Forest were hard done by uh, but obviously that's where such as VAR would rule out that goal and you know that the, the goal wouldn't stand and Forest potentially go on and take all three points um, however another question I've got for you Jake but would would most players like Roof have, have done the same in that position you know I know it's in inverted commas, is you know, classed as cheating, or but at the same time, his momentum has took him towards the ball. Yes, it's come off his hand and gone in the goal, but I'm, I believe that 95% of players would have done the same and just obviously kept quiet about it like he did. And 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 you know, they've, they've gained a point for it and they're still fighting for automatic promotion. So, 
do you believe that in that situation most players would have done the same as he did? Yeah, def- definitely. I think it's he. He probably did. It wasn't premeditated. I think it was just very yeah. much an instinctive thing. Um, and and he probably would have been absolutely fine if they'd have, if they'd have pulled him up on it. But yeah, it, it's it's a competitive game at the end of the day. And if you benefit from a bad referee call, like like we we as supporters, we don't complain about it. We're the first to complain when it goes against us. But we're not we're not going to be making those same complaints if we're the ones benefiting from it. So it's it's exactly the same for a player. Um, yeah. But just just going back to VAR quickly, I think if we spoke last last week about the competitiveness of the division, you know you've got you've got Wigan. Um, down and 14th and they're only nine points off the lead so you know every win is priceless in this division this would have seen um, Forrest go up into the the playoffs positions would have mm. seen Leeds fall out of the you know stay out of the top two um, it is a big it was a big decision and it's fine um, margins and it's, it, yeah. it is fine margins and, and either one of these teams could either benefit or or you know get hit by this decision at the end of the I season guess. so I think in the championship, there's arguably even more of a, a an, an argument for the technology to come in because the points matter so much more. I get that. Yeah, I, I understand completely what you're saying there. And going back to the actual incident itself, um, like I said, most players would do that. And for me, even though he has got away with it on this occasion, it's it's down to the ref or the assistant to see that, isn't it? You know, Roof's... Like I said, his momentum's took him towards the ball. He's handballed it in. He's equalised, um, in inverted commas. Um, but yes, it's, it's the, for the ref to be in position to see that. The players aren't there yeah. to to officiate the game. It's, exactly. it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't fall under roof at all. And he he has no responsibility to own up to that call. If he did, in that in that situation, then it, he would have rightly got a lot of praise for doing so. But it's not his responsibility to make the calls. Exactly. So. Exactly. And that's the point I'm making is that, yes, it's it's down for the ref to be in the right position there or the assistant to see it and they make that call. And like like we say, every other player would have equalised the same and, and just continued as normal unless the referee blew his whistle. Uh, but yes, you've, you've kind of touched on Wigan and we've been touching on Leeds there. So what we've done is predicted... Well, we're going to predict the results of a couple of games uh, from next week's round of games. Um, so we've took out a couple of standout fixtures. Uh, the first one we're going to discuss, actually, we, we might as well continue with Leeds United while we're on that topic. Uh, they travel to Wigan, uh, Jake. Um, what's your prediction and what's your thoughts ahead of this game? Obviously, Wigan trying to potentially push for that sixth spot, fifth, sixth spot, and then Leeds looking at automatic promotion as their long-term goal. Uh, what's your preview ahead of this game? Yeah, this is going to be a, an interesting game, um, purely for the fact that Wigan uh, have not lost at home this season. So in that mm. in that respect, you'd really favour them to get a positive result. And I think Leeds you know, started the season off amazingly. Bielsa coming in, it was an exciting appointment. But do they have do are their players capable of doing that over a forty six game season with the intensity required? And, and we have seen a drop off from them. Even though we said they dominated the game last week, they still didn't. You know, they didn't look great in front of goal, and they did concede uh, to Forest too. And it, it was a it was a poor result for them at home, despite Forest being just outside the playoff positions. It was a game that Leeds really should have been winning. So. It's it's yeah. an interesting one. I think Wigan, one of the best teams at home in in the league, yet to lose. Leeds have got a patchy away record. They've won three, drawn three. So, 
they've only lost once on the road, so you you can you can argue a draw is looking a favourable bet here. Um, but then with with Wigan's home record, you'd favour them to to get a good result. So I think it's going to be tight. I don't think there's going to be many goals. Uh, looking at their previous fixtures between the two clubs, there's there's a one-one, a one-one, a one-nil to Leeds, two-nil to Wigan, one-nil yeah. to Leeds. There's not often many goals in this fixtures. Um, so I think it's going to be a tight one, and whoever gets the first goal is likely to go on to win it, uh, or at least avoid defeat at the very minimum. So, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Wigan win this one. Actually, I think they're really good at home. Um, they seem to be a relegation fodder away from home. They haven't sorted out their away form, and, and they're going to have to do that if they want to challenge for playoffs, uh, which probably isn't their ambition um, for the season. They'll probably be quite happy to stay around mid-table and just uh, consolidate in the division again after what happened the last time they were in the championship. So, yeah. But I think that yeah, I think Wigan, for me, I, I favour them slightly, but I could definitely see a 1-1 draw here. OK, so you're predicting 1-1. One, one, yeah, one, one. So I'm, I'm going to kind of contradict what you say and, and say the opposite. I think that Leeds will win this game, actually. I'm going to say that I think it's played on Sunday, by the way, at half past one. Um, and I think just that extra quality that Leeds have in the championship, um, obviously... Roof's going again now, whether it's with his feet or with his hands. But um, I think, like I say, with the quality, that Leeds will run out 2-1 winners in that fixture. Uh, yes, we're going to have got off to a fantastic start, but I think that they are ready to come up against a really good championship time, uh, side, which Leeds are now. And yes, I can see uh, Leeds winning that one. Um, the other fixture we've picked out is a huge tie, which is seventh place Nottingham Forest. Uh, home to the team at the top, which is Sheffield United. Again, Jake, if you want to preview that game and give us a score prediction. Yeah, it's, a, it's another interesting game. Uh, yeah. I think Forest, they've picked it up slightly recently, but they, they haven't really played the football that we expected them to after their summer of the transfer business. You know, people were comparing them to Wolves, and although I didn't have the sh- same... Same view on that one because the players they were bringing in for Portugal were a lot less experienced. I still still thought they'd be a l- little bit more entertaining to watch. They're quite functional, um, which I guess you'd expect from a Karanka team. But I, I thought I was expecting a little bit more and I haven't really seen it. Um, if you look at the form of the two teams, it, they're both in they're both in good-ish form. I'd say Sheffield United obviously yeah. in the better form. Um, their away record's very good. They've they've won four of their seven games on the road, so. And got the third best away record in the league. Uh, and if we look at Forest's home record, it is not the best. So, um, what's yeah, your they, prediction, they are, Jake? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think Sheffield United will win this one. I, I'm still not totally convinced by Forest yet. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll go Sheffield United for this one, two uh, 0 Okay, I'm going, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be awful, Jake, but I'm going quite opposite of you this evening. So I'm actually going to go with a Forest win. I'm going to go with 2-1 to Forest. I think that they are slowly but surely finding themselves under Karanka now, uh, obviously climbing up the table. They were unlucky against Leeds United. Um, Graben, you know, we've touched on Graben a, a lot of times on this show and, you know, he's he did fantastically well last season. He's now got eight goals uh, in this division. Joe Lolly's a good player with four goals, two assists. You know, I, I think that 
at home, uh, Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff. I believe that Forest will just nick this one and it will make the table even tighter if they do so. Uh, but unfortunately, Jake, that's uh, with that, we're out of time. If you'd like to just tell our listeners uh, where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter, at Jake Chappell with two ends. Uh, I appear on the Premier League show on this same channel occasionally, but um, I'll probably be a lot more depressing on that one because I'm having to talk about Newcastle. Um, <laughs> And you can get my writings on EPL Index as well, so check check them out, which which is the channel this podcast comes out on, so I'm sure you're already following them. Yeah, thank you, Jake. Uh, and I've been your host, uh, at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the Championship Pod on Twitter also, where we post each show uh, to our pin tweet. Uh, please subscribe, uh, like Jake mentioned there, to the EPL Index. Uh, please like us, give us a, re- a retweet, mention us to your friends. Um, and we want to thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.